Hey, Bastin. Jay and Silent Bob are coming to raid your fridge, smoke your weed, and make you laugh hysterically while they do it. How do you like them apples? Friday, October 7th at the Wilbur Theater. Catch Jay and Silent Bob get old. Grab your tickets now by clicking on the link at csmod.com. So, you're saying, yo, sir, dude, I love sir, and I want to show the world. Wear your sir love with our official t-shirts, biatch. Fishies have no eyes. Let us fuck. Jay and Silent Bob get old. The Garmy. There's also posters, action figures. There's so many to choose from. Grab your smirch at smodcast.com. Scroll down and click on Smerchandise. Catch live video clips of Jay and Silent Bob Get Old and Hollywood Babylon on the Kevin Smith blog for the Huffington Post. Huff.to slash Kevin Smith blog. That's Huff.to slash Kevin Smith blog. Yo, Red Bank, New Jersey. Jay and Silent Bob are gonna snooch to your motherfucking nooch. I don't even know what that means. Jay and Silent Bob get old. Live at the Count Basie Theater on October 8th. Special guest, tell them Steve Day. Get your tickets at CountBasieTheater.org. Jay and Silent Bob get old. Live at the Count Basie Theater, October 8th in Red Bank. Word. Want early access to tickets for Smodcast Internet Radio's metric fuckton of live shows? Join Smodcast. For just $4.99 a month, you'll get CD-quality audio of every podcast you hear on Sir ad-free. It's like watching porn without having to fast-forward through that goddamn plot. You'll also get bonus video content and other badass exclusives. Smodcast, where Smodcast goes save for pay. All the deets at Smodcast.com. Going to New York Comic Con in October? Well, Jay and Silent Bob are giving you one more reason to fangasm. Uh, you might want to clean that up. Friday, October 14th at the IGN Theater. Catch a live performance of the popular podcast, Jay and Silent Bob Get Old. Dust off that Batman costume that's three sizes too small. Or, fuck it, don't wear a costume. Just wear some type of clothing, because, you know, you don't want to get arrested. And get ready to enjoy a thick layer of gooey comedy jizz with Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes. Jay and Silent Bob get old, live in New York, October 14th at the IGN Theater. Tickets on sale now. For more info, go to csmod.com. This is not bad. With Will Wilkins. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to one other edition of NetHeads. I'm not sure that made any sense, <laughs> but that's okay. It was supposed to be welcome to another edition of NetHeads. My name is Will. And my name is Trent. And I forgot to plug back in the audio cable. 
It's it's not it's not important. Well, it 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 is and it isn't. Those of you that uh, may track us through the iTunes, you know that we are a technical podcast about podcasting. So <laughs> meta. it really doesn't have anything to do with anything. The fact that I didn't plug in that audio cable because that we're talking about live broadcast. Yes. But when I looked over and I saw no audio bars, I said, you know what? Something's not right. So I quickly did that little troubleshooting thing, and now here we are. So welcome, everybody. Uh, for those of you listening to us live, you're uh, possibly listening live, or you're listening to a facsimile of live. I'm not going to tell you which. <laughs> it's up to them to know. It's up to them to know. But we are uh, we're doing a special thing. And by the way, if you are listening live... At 7.30 tonight, new show premiering on the Smodcast Internet Radio Network, and that is a Sunday, by the way. Yes. And that is Sound Bite Nation. So uh, please stick around and stay tuned for that one at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time immediately after NetHeads at 6 p.m. There, maybe it'll be easier for people listening live to figure out now. Maybe not. Maybe I've confused <laughs> the issue. I don't really care. <laughs> So welcome. Uh, Trent, how's your week been? I, you know, wait, I, yeah, let's go with that first. How's your week sure. been, Trent? It's, you know what? It's, it's been one of those weeks. You know, I hate it when people say that. What the frack does that mean? <laughs> you know, it was just, it was hot here in Utah and the, the, I had to do a whole bunch of articles for a magazine that I didn't care anything about. Um, so, you know, and then I, my nose started bleeding nonstop. I don't know what was going on with that. Yeah, what it, What do you mean? You still don't know what that was all about? The nosebleeds? Yeah, for those no. of you that don't know, I I sit down. Now, I look to I look to my, my tweet feed, to my Google Plus, all that jazz. That's my relaxing time. Uh, so, you know, I like to sit down and read it. And by saying sit down and read it in relaxing time, I'm sure you can envision where I get most of my reading in. What place, <laughs> what, what room of the house that I might particularly be partaking of these things in? And I with look, your iPad. Yeah, and I look down and I, and I see these images, and I'm like, that is just there's Trent. There's a certain point where you do share, and a certain point you shouldn't share, and that's one of them. That okay. So for for those of you who who don't know what he's talking about, I got a bloody nose, and I took a couple of pictures, and I coughed something up. I wasn't sure what it was. If it was like a tonsil or something, and. <laughs> That's that's my response to the parents who feel that it is okay to put pictures of their childbirth on Facebook because uh, I've that seen was your answer to it. Well, that's my response, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, if if you can do that, then you're gonna see the, the shit that's coming out of my throat at you know one in the morning. Okay. Well, uh, as a person who has never done that, I say <laughs> you're unfair. <laughs> And your brood. If you want to take part in the conversation, by the way, you can do hashtag NetHeads inside of the good old Twitter, and uh, there you can you can take part, give comment as you go. Now we're doing a little funny thing. I, I was being uh, goofy a little earlier, trying to describe this, and by a little earlier, I'm only talking what is that? Forty seconds ago? Uh, at the most, perhaps. <laughs> what we're doing is at. Uh, it's one of those special days, and occasionally this is going to happen because we do this on the weekends, but we also have lives. At Weird, least, right? At least I do. Yeah, I, I was going to say, well, you do. Usually I say, hey, are we going to be cool again with today? Yep, just sitting around reading comics. Good man, Trent. <laughs> but there's a family event today that I, I, I need to go to. My my niece is heading off to college, and there is a going away party for her, or as I like to think of it for my in-laws, it's a uh, thank God we're getting one out of the nest. 
house. <laughs> my, my sister-in-law, you know, they're they're having a little party. Good, she's gone. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I know that's horrible, isn't it? So anyway, um, she uh, there's that family party, and I can't get away. Uh, I mean, I have to get away. I ha- I need to go to this because you know she's she's going away for a little while, right? So you know it, it's just the way it is. Still in California though, right? Yeah, yeah. She's just uh, she's going down to the California that is referred to as Southern California, and that's where she's going to be going to school. So, so now I, yeah, I always see the stickers that say NorCal. Yeah. There's NorCal, there's SoCal, and now there are ones that are sprouting out saying All Cal, which is good because it's nice that the North and the South are finally getting along. (laughs) After after so many years and civil war. Yeah, haven't we learned already? Let the North and the South just get along. (laughs) Yeah, when we first moved down to Southern California ten years ago, I remember somebody, my my mother-in-law and my wife went to the grocery store and said, oh, we just moved down from Northern California. And the girl behind the counter said, oh, that is no Cal. This is SoCal. So you can hear the, you know, the the implication there. I I can only, like, envision that in, like, total Valley Girl, you know. Yeah, I think I may have actually, like, just kind of projected that a little bit, too, unintentionally. (laughs) I liked it, though. Oh, man. Uh, So I don't know where we were even going with this. Oh. So I have this family event that we're going to. And so it was one of two things. It was either we were going to pre-tape and run that at 6 p.m. Right. Or, as circumstances happen to allow today, uh, we're going live earlier. So there's still a way to take – I wanted to announce it yesterday, but for some reason Trent went dark. And by dark, I think I mean he drank to the point of blacking out. <laughs> He just disappeared. Yeah, he just went off the grid. Because I wanted to make this, like, you know, let's give this crazy thing called advance notice. Let people right. know. We'll be live earlier in the day. So if you want to sit around and take part the way you do, be like the handful of people that I see on Twitter that do it. And by handful, I mean, like, me and Trent. <laughs> you know, we can sit there and actually take part in the program the way we're used to. So, it, But we're going to do something unique. If you're listening to this live, you're the only people that are going to get this. Or if you're listening to this eight minutes in on um, at six, after 6 o'clock. Yeah, in, in a few hours. Then you're going to be keyed into it too, actually, because I'm talking about it now. This is so uh, – I'm not used to this. I feel like we're messing with time streams. You know, I'm not that experienced of a time lord. I can't grasp this concept. But what well, and if gonna... there's anything we've learned, we can't cross the streams. No, we can't. So what we're going to do is we're going to uh, we're going to try, try as we might, if you will. We are going to try, and we're going to try to go live, like we are now. And then when mm-hmm. we're running it at 6 p.m., we're going to try and tweet along with the show, yes. kind of like the 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 podcast commentary show that I want to do. That's what yeah, we're going to try is... to do. I don't know how much I'm going to be able to get away with it, but Trent's definitely going to be fully supporting the idea. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. This will be like, you know, when you can tweet along with Glee and with Dexter or whatever, that's, it's, that's what we'll be doing. Yeah. So at 6 p.m., the show will be live from tape and we will be doing our best to tweet along with the show. You know, I'm going to have to be like covert with the earpiece right. in and like, you know, iPhone down low. Maybe nobody's noticing. <laughs> excuse myself to the restroom 20 times during the party, something like that, you know, (laughs) which they're used to. I mean, you know, it's only like 10 more times than I usually do it, so it's okay. (laughs) 
So that's what that's the plan for today. And for those of you listening to this sometime in the infinite future, that was all useless Man. information. Yeah, yeah. That maybe. Well, it's incentive to tune in so they can participate. I just gave you nothing good at all. Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. And also, thank around. Uh, thanks to all around to uh, everyone that has also taken part in the show as the week has progressed. As always, every Thursday, there's uh, new additions to the hashtag NetHeads on the stream, so that's always cool to see. Yeah, it is. Yes, and and we've got like 20 reviews in iTunes now. Are you serious? We're becoming people. Man, that's, you know, and which is great because I think I was the first one to give a review on it. It wasn't me? <laughs> It, you or I, I know like the top two are you and, were, were you and I, so. Hey, it was one of us, whatever. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, anyway, it's, it's been an interesting week. Uh, but if, you know, long time listeners of the show, hopefully you're catching it live and you're wearing your green lantern rings the same way I am and we're, we're just carrying on. <laughs> uh, Soldiering on. Yes, we are. Now, to hit a few topics that we have in the past. Kind of bring things full circle. When we first started the show, this is episode number eight, by the way. I know. This is nuts. We're two months into it, man. I know. I can't believe that. But hey, let's not break our arms patting ourselves on the back. Let's get back on topic. <laughs> we, uh, we started off this show and we were talking about, I think in the very beginning, about falling skies. Yes. And mm -hmm. on the last show, I was pretty, uh, rude when I said, <laughs> you know, uh, Hopefully the DVR will catch the mediocre two-hour season finale of Falling Skies. Right. I really wish I was off the mark. Because? I was not. Right. <laughs> At least not for me. I mean, nope. it was it was much ado about nothing. Nothing. Yep, nothing I mean, happened. I mean, it was... Uh, I don't... I, the only thing I can think of is that they were... All they're doing is trying to get to series two. Or season yep. two. That's all yeah. they're trying to do. Yep. Because yep. it was the most depressing and useless season finale I've seen. Well, and the ending just came out of nowhere. There was no basis for that to happen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I just mean, out it, of nowhere. Well, actually, I can tell you it, look, folks, spoilers. It's been out for a week. And to be honest, if people haven't watched In Falling Skies, they're, they're not, not going to watch it now. Yeah. Well, uh, and all, also just if, if you ever do watch shows and you want your viewing to account for the ratings, you have to watch it within a week on your DVR anyway or it doesn't count. Yeah. So uh, by spoiling anything, eh. here's the thing. You know, you've got the group at the school hold up. And suddenly they come up with a, a great way to interrupt the uh, communications with the machines, the mechs. Right. And and so you've got that story going storyline going on at the school. Why, where, and then you have another group that have uh, explosives and these mech piercing bullets trying to go off and and make an impact at the structure that's being built in Boston by the aliens. Right. right? So you got these two things going on. And at the last minute, they come up with a way to scramble the communication with the mechs so the people at the school are now safe. Cause the aliens can't, you know, bring in their big death machines, which is kind of stupid when you think about it because they've also got flying machines that drop these hate bombs. Right. They know where you are. You're still screwed. Plot hole number one. Let's move on. Well, yeah. No, exactly. I mean, that has bugged me the whole time is like they have like a full on, you know, city going on inside this school, yet there's, you know, all it takes is one gunshot to go off at night, and they know exactly where you're at. Well, it doesn't matter, dude. A few episodes back, the aliens know about this location because oh, yes. yeah, because yeah. of the whole, hey, 
people that are willing to turn on your own people. You give us kids and we let you live. So, you know, eh, that it, <laughs> mediocre writing. Okay. I really wanted this show to be good. I and know. in the beginning it was. And then you got the second. So that's the first part, the first stupid part. Then Noah Wiley, of course, being the second in command, once he, you know, divines the uh, or looks beyond the plot holes that we all see and decides <laughs> everyone at the school is safe. He's going to go or did they leave the school eventually? I don't know. That's at how the, much I don't ver- care. At, yeah. At the very end, that's what they were gearing up everyone to do is to leave the school. Yeah. They were gearing up to get out of there. Yeah. But, which why they couldn't do before the Mechs came. I don't know. Or I think they were trying to do a diversion so that way they wouldn't know that there was another group going off to do an explosion. But, of course, the one kid who's all confused and he's in, thinks he's an alien human thing, he goes off and tells the whole plan anyway. So, naturally, when Noah Wiley gets out to the structure location invasion thing, he finds everybody's just been whooped to hell. Right. But somehow pulls off one heck of a shot with a <laughs> missile launcher. Just Has happens, never fired an RPG that we know of. Yeah, just happens to clip a ship that lands into the structure and wreaks havoc. Yay, you made a dent. You threw a glass of water into a lake. Let's let him know we were here. That's some change. Congratulations. But the beautiful part, <laughs> I'm going to tell you the beautiful part about the ending of Falling Skies, the, the se- season finale. I keep wanting to say series, God only wishes, but the season finale. <laughs> There, uh, he has successfully loaded two or three people from the platoon that went off that have survived. Of course, only key right. players that we've seen. Any of the background guys may have well just called them red shirts. Let them all die. <laughs> they, uh, the hamburger squad. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. You, Chuck, round, all. <laughs> Let's go. It doesn't matter. Okay. Because in the very end, they're driving along, and sure enough, boom, there's the girl that used to be his kid's girlfriend that the aliens are recruiting. Right. Oh, and by the way, the aliens do confirm the fact that the harness uh, harnessing of the kids is a process that turns them into the skitters. Right. Ooh, yucky. Anyway. <laughs> so you have... Uh, you have, like, her in the middle of the road, and then a big ship lands, and she's all, they want to talk to you. And then they say, you know, come talk to us, or, you know, we'll take your son. It's a process. We can stop it. But, you know, because the aliens, they weren't expecting this kind of resistance. Mm-hmm. It, somehow in whatever it is they do in other places, they've never come back to, they've never met with this kind of resistance. Naturally, because the human race is stupid. We don't know when to quit. You don't find that everywhere in the galaxy. Right. And so they want to talk to him. Yeah, yeah, the, at and, this level. We yeah. didn't expect to see it at this level. Yeah, so we want to talk to you. We want to get to know you more. Which, yeah. And he's like, well, I can't <laughs> let him do this to my son, so yeah, I'll go with the big skinny silver alien. Into the and, ship. Into the ship. Now, here is the reason why this is a great device, because if Noah Wiley was only willing to sign on for the first season, right? they've now got an out. Right. And they've got room to negotiate to try and bring him back in. That's why I think it ended the way it did. Because, to be frank, if I'm leading a resistance, one of my members have gone off with the aliens, <laughs> I don't care if you were my mother. You're coming back. I'm not trusting you anymore. Yeah. Oh, no, of course not. You can't. So they've effectively annihilated Noah Wiley as a credible character on the show anymore. Well, well, they, they should. However, they are, were really happy to bring in the other kids that had been taken over, including bringing the kid back that went and told on everyone. Well, that's because we're human. We have to forgive. 
He's still one of ours, and we're limited numbers now. You see how it works? <sighs> yeah. I know. It's it's uh it's annoying. So anyway, Falling Skies, I, I really had high hopes. Me too, man. You know, because early on you said, Well have well, have you heard about Falling Skies? It's like the Walking Dead of Alien right. TV series. Speaking of which, Frank Darabont, Walking Dead, gone. Really? You've not heard any of this? I like I said, man, it's been a hell of a week. Um, I think the week started off with the news that Frank Darabont would be, I hope he's saying his name right. He yeah, would, you are. he would be stepping down, quote unquote, stepping down from the walking dead. He may be, you know, doing something and he may be a part of it in some capacity, but he was, he was stepping away from it, which, <laughs> which, you know, like throwing a rock into a lake ripples start spreading out across the internet. And then right. the story gets bigger. I think it was either the Hollywood Reporter or some completely non-credible source, or maybe the Huffington Post somewhere. Someone okay. read an art, ran an article that basically outlined the fact that Mad Men bent AMC over to get oh. to get the budget they wanted, and as no. such, that's causing issues with the negotiations of a fifth season of Breaking Bad. Are you serious? And it resulted in budget cuts on The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead. Oh, my hell. Now, the other thing that we heard is that Frank Darabont handed in a ton of unusable footage, right? So that's okay. that's one of the other things, too. But that may have been him trying to work within the confines of budget cuts that they were laying out to him. Sure, yeah. But the ripples continue, my friend. As they move out within the lake. So there was that article. And then there was uh, another wonderful, what I like to call, uh, well, I don't have, it was a tweet-tastic rant from uh, Kurt Sutter, creator of Sons okay. of Anarchy. Right. Basically condemning AMC and saying how bad form it was to uh, that they allowed the creator of Mad Men or the producers of Mad Men or whatever to dictate yeah to to get them to this point to where they're hurting in his opinion one of the best TV shows on TV Breaking Bad Yeah sure yeah. absolutely cuz what does he care he's got a nice cushy deal with FX so <laughs> and I don't yeah. blame him and, and and if that's the case if that's really true if what really happened was AMC got really nailed in trying to keep Mad Men, uh, when you look at the cold, hard evidence, right? Okay, Mad Men, although popular, is lower in the ratings than The Walking Dead. But is are are they looking at potential there, or I don't know? I, it makes it just it makes no sense. Still, let's move on. Breaking, or, or maybe breaking, like DVD sales. Breaking Bad now. In its fourth season, better ratings than the last season of Mad of Men. Mad Men. See, that just it's it's recalculous. It's it it's really one of those cases where I don't know it. Look, there's regular real world logic, and then there's TV logic. <laughs> and I really get the feeling that TV right. logic is kind of what's going on here. You know, because really, if you do think about it. Mad Men and Breaking Bad came along around the same time. Breaking right. Bad, though, honestly, I mean, really, 
Other than critics, it wasn't a gangbusters well-known show. Somehow, something happened between the second and the third season where the lightning finally struck and the common collective finally started tuning in and realizing the greatness of Breaking Bad. Okay, when you look at the chronology of things. Right. So I could possibly understand AMC's misconception because Mad Men was always both a critic and viewer darling show. Mm-hmm. But the truth is that in the ratings game, strictly going by numbers, which is the only thing these executives really look at anyway, right? in recent history, both the fourth season of Breaking Bad and the first season of Walking Dead. Wait a minute. Are we, no, we're in the fourth season of Breaking Bad now. But even right. the third yeah. season of Breaking Bad, the ratings were higher than Mad Men. So I don't under, I mean, the only thing I can think of is they're like, well, over the long haul, Mad Men has been good and strong the whole time. That's all I can think. But to sacrifice, I mean, basically they did a Sophie's choice. Yes, exactly. And they chose one over the other. That's, man. Oh, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my mind around it, whether it's, you know, well, it's been on the air the longest. So maybe they're looking at, you know, continued DVD sales or, um, God, I don't know. I've no. They're, maybe they're banking on people tuning in after having it on Netflix right now. I I have no idea. Well, the the other thing too <laughs> to to kind of um hit on this is that if you look at um if you look at at what happened after that, so Kurt Sutter basically he did his thing, and now uh, try finding Sutter Inc on Twitter. What he's left Twitter, I believe. Shut. Really? No, I kid I've... you not. It's a point I was just about to get to. And then even looking at the Twitter stream, uh, good old Mike B702, Kurt Sutter leaving Twitter has really been a shocking blow to my timeline. Some critics really need, really do need to just go away. Cause huh. people, cause people, he got a lot of flack about that. But you know well, what? I mean... Everybody's in, this is the thing about it. I don't care if you're Kurt Sutter or if you're Will in Brentwood. Or your your Steve 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 Darwin sitting in East Texas in a city of a hundred and or a township or a or a country farm, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I it, right. does, it shouldn't matter how big your audience is. This is America. We're entitled to to speak our mind. And and the guy should just because he he is somebody of note doesn't mean he shouldn't be able to speak his mind and give his opinion. But now you know I, I probably the only way you can find him is on his blog. Yeah, in fact he's he's posted. I'm looking at it right now. He posted. Um, and I'm uh, folks, if, if if you don't like swear words, I'm sorry. Captain Quitter spelled like Twitter and, and the battle of the of the super cunts. Yeah, see there you go. Is is, is the title. So yeah, if, if go on check it out. He explains why he left Twitter and. And everything else, so go check it out. Mm-hmm. That's a uh, sutterink.blogspot.com. Yeah, so there's the explanation there, and that just sucks. Yeah, that I man, because I've I have lo- I've been following him since you know I started Sons of Anarchy, and his tweets have been great. And and that's another thing; he's one of those guys that doesn't he, he doesn't feel the need to censor himself. He he calls it as it is. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what Twitter should be, in my opinion, be all about, or any type of of uh you know user generated content that we can put on the internet. Mhm. So there you go. It's been a like you said, been one of those weeks. Yeah. It has been one of those weeks. And that just really sucks cuz I really found a lot of his 
his things entertaining. But if you read the blog, it really is. Uh, it's kind of kind of an eye opening thing because you yeah. know I uh, for a while I was really I don't want to say addicted to uh, social media, but I was addicted to social media. Right. I really was. Like I was checking in on it and and I would be deferring things just to read tweets and posts and the like. You with me? I am. So, uh, you know, I can I I really think it is both one of the more interesting uh, aspects in the in the uh, American psychology of voyeurism, which we <laughs> appear to be one of the biggest voyeuristic nations out there. Without a doubt, yeah. And, and in that respect it's great, but you know, also, I think it is one of the biggest distractors and time sucks out there. Yeah, it not, is. Not to mention giving a really bizarre uh, false perception of reality to some people. Yeah. Myself included. Think, yeah, with thinking that, you know, oh, you know, I'm I'm connected to this celebrity because I, you know, know what they had for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Well, you know, it's like I said on uh, on Google Plus. I sit down, I look at it every day. You know, I just don't I don't do things anymore cuz I used to do a lot of things just to try and get a laugh. Yeah. You know, my uh, Facebook updates, my Google Plus updates. Uh, but then I sat there, I'm on Google Plus looking at what people are writing and again I hit, I'm on my mobile, so I hit it and it's like, you know, share what you th- what you're thinking. It's like every day I sit down and it tells me to share what I think oh. and I type something, <laughs> then I use the delete button. And know the irony of this post is not lost on me. <laughs> oh, because I, oh yeah, I, then I think, would I care about reading this? And then I right. use the delete button. And, and it's the same way. I mean, uh, but I, we are giving out Google Plus invites. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. If you listen to the show, just throw a hashtag netheads and let us know you want one. We'll give you one. Because <laughs> we got them. Yeah, we've got plenty to give out. Yeah, we do. Uh, Kuban in our, in our wonderful, uh, Twitter stream says, I think it's an issue where ratings don't accurately reflect the situation. At least I hear tons more talking about Mad Men. And that's true. That's, see, that's no, the perception. It, yeah, that is true. And I admit, I was, I was not a part of the Mad Men phenomenon, but I have been getting caught up on Mad Men. And wow, I'm mad I did not watch the show about these guys <laughs> because it's a very compelling, uh, look and it's really good writing, but, at the right. same time, I'm able to defer that, whereas right now I am chomping at the bit for my next episode of Breaking Bad. Sure. Which has been, by the way, hey, by the way, welcome to TV Talk here on Smodcast.com. <laughs> well, have you been, do, are you a watcher of Breaking Bad? No, huh? It's I always, just own it's you get off. I'm going to, hold yes. on, I got to find a new host. Let me do a tweet. New co-host. You don't watch Breaking Bad? I, I, it's always been one of those things that I want to, you know, it's, okay. it's, it's stop, coming up. Stop wanting, start doing. I'm telling you this now. <laughs> Cause it is just a great show. It is just, it is so well written, so well structured. Some of the things with this current season have been a bit much for me, but you know, it's, it really is, it's a matter of extremes. And I really, I think even the creator of the show, Vince Gilligan said that he's Gilligan. He sees a, uh, <laughs> I think he he has a certain timeline within his mind about the way this is playing out. So I think like maybe the fifth season might be the last one, but I think that's good. 
Well, and, and just from what I've read as, as well, granted, this is coming in from left field out of nowhere because I haven't watched anything. Um, have, there has been a, a kind of a, a shift in the character, the lead being from, you know, doing it for his family, for everything to kind of now more personal reasons and just he's turning more into a bad guy. Well, yeah, but that's what happens. I mean, you, right. I'm sure if we were to somehow be able to get into the life of people that get involved in the manufacturing of drugs, just as an example, you know, originally it's because of the need of cash. Sure. But then it involves, evolves into something else. And that's kind of where this character is going because the original drive is that he was a chemistry teacher on a, on a shoestring budget who discovers that he is, he has stage four cancer, I believe. Right. Stage yeah. three or stage four lung cancer. So he's in a bad way. And is he's got a teenage son with cerebral palsy, and he's got a a wife that's pregnant with another kid on the way, and he's like, "What is the legacy I'm going to leave them other than a a, a drained lifestyle of suffering and debt?" And yeah, and through a series of events, he realized that there is the potential to make some serious money to be able to tuck away. So there's the original necessity. And that allows him, he's like, I'm going to be dying anyway, so I can take this questionable act of my character and I can set it aside because I'm looking at the big picture here. I'm, I'm looking at the greater good. Right. You know, the harm that I am causing will be temporary for I will then shake loose this mortal coil and my family will still be taken <laughs> care of. But now he is in remission and he has... At that point, he has just continued to slip deeper into, I don't want to say the lifestyle because he's not exactly living it, but he has sleep deeper, slipped deeper into the persona and that world and the, uh, the hazards of it. So it's, it, but it's still, it's an amazing thing. All of the, almost every character in the show is questionable now. See, and, and that's what, that's, uh, I'm, I'm going to go right back and say that that's one of the biggest flaws with uh falling skies is you know f to have good drama you need characters that are gray there's you know not white and black good and 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 bad you know just give me gray characters that, that i i haven't figured out yet and, and what's what's their real motive you know what i mean well that's what they tried to do with the uh with their captain their commander their leader they tried to give him in falling skies some type right. of diversity because you know he's all tore up because his uh, his daughter is is gone, dead, dead at his own hands, trying to take the harness off, mm -hmm. um, you know, and and that turmoil. So he's taking pills to sleep, pills to stay awake, you know. So they they're trying to make him this questionable person. But then at the last second, once we learn about all this badness, the, they go and redeem him. And I stopped taking the pills since I got back. Yeah, exactly. Well, whoopity do, <laughs> pal. Congratulations for you. <laughs> We're happy for you. Oh, good for you. Sorry. A little Christian Bale what? moment. <laughs> I'm sorry. I still love that movie, Rand. I could listen to that tape forever. I still, I want a t-shirt that says, you know, you and me are done professionally. <laughs> <laughs> or Christian Bale and I are done professionally. That's We're a, done professionally, right. Yeah, exactly. Nothing like old meme jokes. <laughs> there we go. There's the show title for today. Nothing like old meme jokes. Let me write that down. Because <laughs> that's all this is. It's a big game of conversation where Trent and I figure out what we're going to come up for the title of the show. 
Uh, yep, more or less. It's and then once, well, shit. Should we just end it now? <laughs> Thanks, folks. Done. It's been a good show. <laughs> we we hit the wall now. Let's sign off. And by the way, we still <laughs> forgot to do a Google Plus huddle. Oh, that's right. Because I still don't get the huddle. What is the? Please tell me, Trent. Well, for, in Google Plus, what's the huddle? Well, there's two different ways. If you're if the the huddle uh on if you're on your your browser, your desktop computer. Uh, or laptop, you know, it's it's involving a a webcam. But if you're doing a huddle just on your mobile device, it's just text. It's like a massive chat. Hmm. Really? No, I thought. Uh, yeah, no, I and thought, I've done multiple. I, no, I thought there, there's a hangout my, and there's a huddle on my mobile. But I, I haven't done anything on the hangout was with the video on, camera. Uh, you're not my even browser yet. So if anyone's done it yet, is there a way you can do just a a, a chat text chat instead of you know firing up the the webcam? Can you even hear me right now? Kind of. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what hap- what's happening to Trent. We're losing him. Well, all that joke about the um all that joking about ending the show now and he went and screwed himself. <laughs> uh no, I was just saying though that there's two different kinds. There's the hangout and then the huddle. There's two different things. The hangout is oh, webcams. Oh, right. And the yeah. huddle. So the huddle is text-based. And that's what we should be doing and we're not. Right. So so that's the dil- dilly yo. You see? Yes. That's the dilly, yes. yo. Sorry. No. It's just embarrassing it's when white not, people do that. It's just sad yes, and pathetic. It, it, you know what it is, Will? It's whack. <laughs> exactly. Well put. <laughs> Very well put. Now, uh, Trent, you're a, I, I gotta stop talking television because I'll keep talking it the whole time. Well, can I, can I just jump in real quick and just say, um, no. Thank you, Camper Girl Mel. Um, just a fan of the show, and she uh is a a dog groomer, and she totally like gave me some great tips for my dog on on helping me out. Like uh, as so much that if she were in the states, I would make a trip so that she could you know take care of my dog. Wow! So yeah, just like, just like so so let me get this straight. This is somebody that listens to the show, mm-hmm. and then during the week you had some type of pet related turmoil. Yeah, I was wondering, you know, how how should I get my dog cut? Do I need to get him cut? Is he going to have enough hair in the winter if I get him cut? Oh, grooming tips. Yeah. Gotcha. And, well, that's kind of cool. See, there's one of your perks. That's so, anyway, and I know she's listening today because she's, she's uh, in on the Twitter stream. So, Camper Girl Mel up in uh, Canada, thank you so much. I wish I had a screeching halt sound effect I could play so that way we could show what you just did to the show. Just brought it to a screeching halt. <laughs> We're talking TV, and then just suddenly, well, hey, by the way, you just you just said that we needed to stop talking TV. Well, we do, we do. We did because now we're gonna move. By the way, if you really okay, here's the thing. What we'll do is, (laughs) in a couple of minutes, we're gonna start talking uh, your mobile devices and whether or not we should be jailbreaking these devices. Okay, right. So there is some tech talk that's coming up. Okay. We're just not going to get it do it now because something earth-shattering happened last night. I'm sure there were many a people that sensed a great disturbance in the force. Oh no. Because only a week I think after it came out, I actually saw Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Whoa, whoa. I whoa. know. I know it's whoa. crazy. Cop, what? Yep. Yep. I s- will. I, you've seen a movie before I have. Oh, how did you let that happen? I don't know. I thought we were actually going to be able to talk about a film on the air. You know what? Go, go ahead. I want to, I want to hear your, uh, you know, your, your the whole spiel on it. 
I can't do that now. No, you, yeah, you can, man. No, man, because then we're just doing a whole scene unseen thing. <laughs> the the way the shtick works is that you see the movie and I live vicariously through you about having seen the film. <laughs> because I'll tell you what, <clears throat> after our, our show where we discussed the cowboys and aliens. Right. Got a lot of people telling me how much they thought it sucked. Yeah, I know. I saw that. <laughs> I'm like, uh, well, uh, I don't know what to say because I didn't see it and I didn't speak to it. And I don't know why I'm sounding like Bill Cosby. Um, <laughs> anyway. Did you get the, the, the pudding pops? And <laughs> with the jello pudding in the Kodak film. Nah. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, uh, I don't know why that is because I, I haven't seen the movie. We were going to see that last night. Here's the situation, folks. Okay. Um, uh, my sister in law. Is, is, uh, doing one of those things that, you know, uh, you, you, there's like Avon and, you know, the, the Tupperware and all this stuff. Well, there's this stuff called Sensi. It's this, uh, oh, it's yeah, this, the candles. Yeah. It's, well, no, it's non, it's right. wickless things. It, it runs off of light bulbs. Okay. Right. So it's genius because, you know, nobody's afraid to leave a light on when you leave the house. So you can come home. Your house smells nice. Nothing's going to burn down. You know, it's paraffin wax in a tray above a light bulb, basically. Right. Uh, and if you don't know what paraffin wax is, you're not married. Um, <laughs> so, uh, my sister-in-law is starting to sell this stuff. So they had a, a party last night and my, uh, my father-in-law and his brother were going to go see a movie. And they're like, well, do you want to come? Because naturally in a room with filled with aromatics, there is no room apparently for testosterone. <laughs> None at all. No, this is a safety, safety zone for women. It is supposed to be testosterone free. So, right. us men folk went to go see a movie. We were going to see Cowboys and Aliens. Now, how long has that movie been out? Uh, four weeks? Cowboys and Aliens has three. been out three weeks. Three so, weeks. So, this, this is a telltale sign of how the movie is done. Harry Potter was still playing on two screens at this megaplex. And, right. and, um, Cowboys and Aliens was regulated to one of the smallest theaters, one, one screen only. That's, really? That's how well Cowboys and Aliens is doing in the box office. So we went to go see Cowboys and Aliens. We show up, and the, gir the girl at the ticket booth, I've never heard one do this before in my life. The only thing I can think is because, well, let's just say the two two out of the three gentlemen I went to the movie with could get the senior discount. Sure. She took a look at him. She took a look at the number of seats left, and she just said, actually, it's pretty full. I don't know if you want to go because it's like the last two rows probably. At which point oh. then we step back, we looked up at the board, lo and behold, the next movie playing, well, the next movie playing was Glee in 3D. Oh. And after that was, uh, was Rise of the Planet of the Apes. So since we never even gave the former consideration, we went with the <laughs> latter. Other, uh, had you given it consideration, you should have just gone back to the Sensi party. It pretty much. It's like, yes, <laughs> hi, I'm here to be one of the girls because we actually almost went to see Glee in 3D. So, so we went to go see Rise of the Planet of the Apes. And, uh, I, you know, the beautiful thing about this movie is that I knew next to nothing about it other than the title, other than it had James Franco right. in it. And right. that, you know, basically they're, they're going in a new direction and retelling this, this tale that we've, that those of us that were children of the, children of the seventies are very familiar with. So they were going with a new approach. Now, some of the things I didn't know going into this. No, I knew one thing going into this, and that was Andy Serkis, once again, was uh, doing motion yeah. capture. 
as yeah, he Caesar. Was, he was Caesar, right? Yeah. And uh, the that was the only thing I knew going into this. I knew these elements, like from the all the commercials I saw. I didn't know John Lithgow was in it. Oh, I needed. That's awesome. And even though I'm sure he mentioned it on plus one per diem, I did not uh, realize that Tyler Labine was in it. Sock oh. from Reaper, or uh, you know his, whatever his character's name was in Mad Love. Right. Was that the name of that show, Mad Love? I don't know. I think so. Um, yeah, oh, Mad, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my yeah, title on right, the article yeah. was Mad Love, Not Mad Laughs. I didn't yeah, know Tyler Labine was in it. And uh, and the way they retold the story, the way they reimagined it, I was really impressed. It was a really good, compelling watch. I thought it was a great movie. I was just blown away. The visual effects uh, were, weren't – there wasn't ever really a point where I questioned them. Okay, okay, that's because that's my question. Like, so I mean, there's a ton of C in this, right? Like, all the apes are CG. Mm-hmm. And it didn't look hokey at all. I mean, would you would you put it up there quality? <laughs> well, could you re-ask the question? No, he can't. <laughs> would you put it up there with like what? Would I put it up there no. with what? Would you put it up there with, like, Avatar quality? Um, CG. Yes, I probably would. Wow, okay. Yeah, I think I would. Well, actually, you know, Weta was involved in Avatar. And they oh, were involved okay. in this one as well. Weta Studios, so. And, uh, and yeah, honestly, uh, there were very right. few moments where I questioned the CG eye quality of the film. So it was just really well done. And the story itself, that's the main part. The story itself was pretty darn good. There was only one part of it that I had a problem with plot-wise. And that okay. was about it. Because, you know, it's it's a tale that's set in the modern era. And the very long story short is that Caesar is a is a is a was born uh in the lab, okay? And through right. elements of the story, it was not known that the ape that bore him had, had, was pregnant. So he takes the baby Caesar home. And the gene therapy that they gave the mother genetically was passed on to him. Oh. So okay. he didn't even have the, cause you can tell from the ads, they're making a drug that makes people like fix the brain. And in this case, it's actually heightening his intelligence. Okay. Right. You with me? So, so then in the elements of the story, naturally, when you have an ape living in a house, something goes awry, and by court order, he ha the ape has to go <laughs> to a, uh, a, what is, what are those things called? Hello. Uh, animal control? Not animal control. It's like, uh, like, like a converse, conservation place. What is it called? Preserve. A sanctuary. A preserve. Thank you. An ape preserve that just okay. ha somehow happens to be in the San Francisco area. Go figure. Or because because of all the apes that we've got <laughs> running around here, so <laughs> but that's not the plot hole I have a problem with. So this is set in the modern day area. I can't right. seem to do anything without my coworkers knowing. How does this guy have an ape attack happen in a suburban area, and by court order has to relinquish the animal to a pet sanctuary? And his work, where they're testing on apes, hasn't heard about this. <laughs> Seriously. Was it so it, was it like a secret birth? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You obviously didn't catch that in the Skype hype, but yeah, that's exactly what it was. 
<laughs> so, so I'm like, what the hell, man? I mean, so come he's like, on. He's like the Moses of, of the apes. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, I mean, seriously, Mike, dude. It, it, Mike it, B7. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Mike B702 from Twitter says this is probably John Lithgow's best eight movie performance since Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> well put. I mean, what other eight movies has he been in? But good one. Nice <laughs> reference. So I was really impressed. And and there's a I gotta tell you guys too, there's a hook ending. They 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 put a little element in that when I saw it, naturally from you know, watching all the procedural crime shows that I've watched, I saw the minute I saw that, I knew where it was headed. Uh, a little, right. a little thing happens that ends up doing into something else, but it's the part at the very end. It's the part of the, of the equation that, that goes unanswered is all I'll say. Because, uh, you know, mm-hmm. naturally you've got these intelligent apes. Well, how is it that they overcome humanity? And there, that little hook is there for the end. So it, be sure that once the credits start rolling, cause they'll start rolling and they look like just traditional credits, but then suddenly picture fades up and something else happens. Have the Marvel yeah. movies not taught yeah. movie audiences everything yet? Come on. Right. Yeah. Because there are plenty of people just getting up and walking out. I'm like, where are you going? No. Not yet. Did, did everyone Did everyone that was with you stay seated or, or was it an up and going thing? Yeah, because I didn't get my fat ass up. So because I didn't, nobody moved. They're like, well, if this guy ain't moving, forget it. We're going to stay well, here. Well, and a lot of times as well, if there are things in the credits, they'll leave the lights down. Yeah. And, but that's not the case here. Cause, you know, it's, it's all automated stuff. So the credits started rolling and the, the, the half lights came up. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, what are you going to do? Anyway, looking at the clock, it is about that time where we are going to rest our voices and we're going to give you a chance to get up and go to the bathroom if that's what you like to do. And if you're listening to this as a podcast, you're probably already in the can anyway. But in the interim, please do me a favor, (laughs) stick around, stay tuned. You're listening to NetHeads on Smodcast Internet Radio. At Smodcast.com. Connection failed. This is NetHeads. NetHeads with Will Wilkins. Hope you enjoyed the break. Welcome back. You're listening to NetHeads. On Smodcast Internet Radio, my name is Will. Modcast.com. <laughs> my name is Will. My name is Trent. And now we're going to know if it's Trent's connection or not. Uh, is it my connection? I don't think so. Okay. I think it's time to stick a fork in the iBook. It's done. No! Because you sound a lot better. How am I sounding? This is completely untested, folks. Switched it all on the fly. Um, you, you sound... I can hear you. <laughs> so there is that i can hear you okay that either means i'm too loud or i'm too quiet he don't know which one is it give me two taps for too quiet one tap for too loud <laughs> tap oh, okay. tap. oh that's two i'm too quiet too loud oh no that would have been one you're not listening son of a bitch you're just not listening sir get it together already lo siento como decimos en espanol Mi lápiz es rojo y grande. (laughs) Gracias. Anyway, welcome back. Uh, We were in a heated debate about nothing 
Uh, we were discussing Planet of the Apes before the break. And, uh, it's, I don't know, there's just not, not much to say because, uh, Trent hasn't seen the movie. So, I mean, do you have any outstanding questions from it? Uh, no. Okay, good. Well, we're done with that then. <laughs> Thanks for playing along. <laughs> yes, scum sucker. Um, but yeah, I was really impressed. Stay for the credits. Watch the hook at the end because it really, and I, I honestly hope that it's so commercially successful that maybe they do consider reimagining the entire, um, apes, uh, saga from here. Because this was set up to be in the same continuity just as a prequel to the, the films made in the seventies and early eighties, right? Yeah. It kind of works that way. It really does. It really plays out to where it could work. I mean, you know, Aside from not understanding why the, because uh, the implication in the in the original Planet of the Apes, for example, Chuck Heston comes riding up on the beach and finds right. the the Statue of Liberty in shambles, right? Right. And and the basic concept there is that, um, the implication is that we probably had a nuclear war, blew everything to shit, and that's how the apes took over. Right. Which it doesn't exactly, isn't exactly the way this panned out. So let's just consider it neglect. Okay. Or yeah, let's just say it, it was neglect and the Statue of Liberty fell over. Even though, you know, the more I think about it, well, I guess that would make sense that it was explosions if the Statue of Liberty were on a beach. Although it also makes absolutely no sense that the Statue of Liberty was clearly on a Southern California beach. <laughs> So, I, you know, really, we just need to... It's the suspension of disbelief that the movie industry survives on, folks. It's so true. We just can't think too much. Well, you know, it, I'm actually really happy to hear that, like, John Lithgow's in it and that um, Tyler Labine, because the, the Tim Burton uh, Planet of the Apes, while terrible, had an awesome cast. I just don't understand why these elements weren't played up. If you would let me know... I mean, because John Lithgow has so, done some of his most amazing work since Harry and the Hendersons. No, I was oh. going to say since, um, uh, since Buckaroo Banzai, but, uh, and adventures in the eighth dimension or whatever the title <laughs> was. Um, but yeah, I, he has just done some, uh, very, very amazing work, you know, later in his career now. Well, you know, oh, there was, yeah. there was third rock from the sun, which was funny. Right. But his turn on Dexter oh, is just gosh. inspired. Oh. It is amazing. I honestly don't think that Dexter will ever be able to top that season just because of Lithgow. No, it really couldn't. I, I watched the season afterwards, and while good, it had some interesting things. It kind of – the interesting thing about the season that followed Lithgow's is that the season, the way for me the season played out was the exact same manner that I would imagine it would play out for the character because it was kind of like, well, after this has happened – where are we going to go from here? Right. You know, and the journey is a little, it's just, it's not as laid out as before. It's kind of like, it was very reactionary and very confused and it kind of switched directions. But that's the same thing you would kind of do in recovering from that element. And that's the thing. You can tell that I love Dexter and I don't love Falling Skies. Because Falling Skies, I'll spoil right away. But when I say the John Lithgow season, that's as far as I'm going. Right. That's all I'm going all to say about it because I want people to live that journey, man. Oh man, and it is, it really is just so, so good. There's, you know what, there's only one other character that I would like to see be a uh, Dexter's nemesis or, or actor that I would like to see go up against him, and that would be John Malkovich. 
Oh, yeah. That would just be some scene munching. John versus John. Yeah, I think he could, he could, uh, yeah. Anyway. It's the Malkovich versus the Lithgow. Oh, yes! Yeah, see, that'd be cool. But yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know. Um, there's a new season of Dexter coming up, uh, pretty darn quick here, too. Yeah, September 15th. So that'll be interesting to see where it goes. And now, have you seen the, the last season or no? You've been watching. Yes, I have. The last, that's the one with, um, um, the, the girl from, uh, t- 10 Things I Hate About You. Right, exactly. Thank you yeah. for putting it that way. Cause you could have said from the Bourne movies and sounded macho, <laughs> but it's the same thing I think. It's that, you know. <laughs> It's that girl from the 10 Things I Hate About You movie. You know, the one where Heath Ledger was, like, still not scary. <laughs> he was just so dreamy. Yes, he was, wasn't he? Wait, what? No. Uh, Leave me uh, alone. Who did what now? What is her name, by the way? Now that we're uh, blanking on this. By the way, for those of you listening, and I've done the same thing, too. You're sitting there and you're listening to this, whether it's live or as a podcast, and, and you're just mad. You're just mad at us because it's it's right there in your mouth. You know yeah. the name. You're, you might even be yelling it at us right now as you're listening to this. But for some reason, when you have a pair of headphones on your head and a microphone in front of your face, the mind doesn't work so well. Like, for example, I know her name starts with a J. It's probably like yeah. a Julie or a Julia or yep, something. Yep, it is. Mm-hmm. Styles. Thank you very much. Julia Styles. There you go. Now that you say it, I can't imagine why I didn't know it, but I think maybe it's the electric current coming in through the headphones <laughs> and the phantom power of the microphone that draw our mental essence out. Just out of us, yeah. And make us stupid. There's no other way to put it, because you'll just sit there and it's like basic information. I've done it. I'm listening to shows, you know, listening to podcasts, and I'm getting mad because I'm like, well, how could you not know that? Right, yeah, and then you're yelling it, you know, into your headphones yeah. as you're listening to it on your iPod. Yeah, and then the nice thing is when you're listening back on live shows, you know, somebody else in the audience was there in real time and able to collectively get the information in. So, you know, right. it helps you feel better because, you know, you're not the only one. Um, But, yeah, and by the way, that's another thing, too, that's very interesting, I think, at least for me. Uh, well, what? obviously, I just said uh, something very interesting, I think. So in that statement, I actually said that I think it's interesting. So I don't know why I followed it up by saying, you know, in my opinion. <laughs> no, and if you said in my, you know, humble opinion. There you go. Um, podcasting has brought back into style something that you don't find generally on radio anymore unless it's on the AM band, and that's talk radio. Yes. You know, I, I mean, yes. unless, of course, it seems like it's a, um, a Republican based conversation. <laughs> it just seems like talk radio is kind of dead, at least in the circles I walk in. Yeah. But I mean, podcasting in itself, it's like somehow you take radio out of the equation and you take it into podcasting and it's all right that it's talk radio. Yeah. But yeah. And rarely would you ever have me, you know, if I'm in a car, I'm not going to listen to talk radio. Right. But when you're, but now you're saying you would if it's a podcast? Absolutely. I, do, I, I listen to tons of podcasts when I'm in my car. There you go. <laughs> AR Green said, thank God Trent didn't say the girl from Save the Last Dance. <laughs> I guess that would be like referring to, you know, that singer that was in Glitter. <laughs> kind of a bad way of pointing that out, huh? That's a good point. Well played. Sadly, I think I've seen that movie. Anyway, uh, talk radio. But here's the thing that I, I started to think about uh, just now, because, of course, I haven't even looked at our, our show plan for today. Um, 
one of the things I was thinking about is, did talk radio fall out of fashion because podcasting came into fashion? No, I think it fell out because it sucked. Okay. Well, there you go. So here's... No. Here. But, but but think about it. Like talk radio in of itself, the only the only thing that ever really grew out of it were political talk shows. Yeah, and and that's because they're they're centered around a topic. Exactly, a very finite topic that draws in an audience. So I guess in a way that's the reason why podcasting works as well. Because in most cases, with most shows, completely not like this one, you know, a lot of the good ones they 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 focus on a particular area of interest. They focus on a particular genre. So right. there is that like mind. Like if I looked at my podcast list, I haven't cleaned it up. So I still have like the official Lost podcast is on there, even though it's two years now um, <laughs> or a year, year and some change. And yeah. I've still got uh, Ryan Ozawa's um, The Transmission, which was a Lost-based podcast. I've got Radio okay. Free Scaro on mine. Sure. I have a part of him. Right. I have uh, almost all the Smodcast.com shows naturally. Sure. You know, so all of these, well, aside from the last one, they're kind of topic centric. So it, it, I guess podcasting, the nice thing about it is it gives you the ability to search out and find that genre based, uh, information that you want to hear, the, the community mind that you want to tap into and the information you want to get. And it allows you to do that. Whereas FM talk radio, they had to, or not even FM talk radio, but that's an excellent example of something that failed, uh, with, uh, free FM from, uh, right. In, what used to be infinity cbs radio anyway right. uh that's the problem with with radio based stuff is that you know they have to look at what draws the mass audience exactly so that way we can get the advertising revenue and continue operating you know and instead they're like well we just do better if we play songs from the 60s so screw this talk <laughs> songs from the 70s 80s and today <laughs> Actually, but now it's 80s, 90s, and today. Yeah, yeah, and and oh, kills me because that's the shit you have to listen to when you're getting your waiting for the dentist. Yeah, I, I'm glad that kills you because now I'm starting to naturally hear songs that I grew up with as a kid, and that's just a constant <laughs> reminder that I am not young. <laughs> if you like piña coladas, getting caught in the rain. That's one of my favorite songs, by the way. Yeah. It's a messed up song though when you when you realize what they're talking about. He's getting bored with his old lady, so he opens up a personal ad and he finds a personal ad somebody that taps into. Then he goes to hook up with his his little personal ad shindig, and it's his wife. And they fall in love again. They don't get pissed that, you know, both of them were trying to cheat and they were drawn to each other. No. They're laughing about it and they're reconnecting. In this modern era, somebody had have been shot. Yo, without a doubt. Or at least it would have ended up on some sort of, uh, it would have been on TMZ. Cheaters. <laughs> <laughs> Personal ads too. Who, I mean, those still exist though. That's the amazing thing. Yeah. Uh, but that's because, you know, well, print medium still is not dead. So that's the reason why these things exist because there is still a certain population. Those of us that you know, listen to podcasts and surf the internet and everything, we forget that there is a certain percentage of the population that isn't connected in that way. Right. We totally forget about it. Like one of the, one of the jobs I had in the past decade is I used to work at a telephone based and internet based dating system, dating site. But, but we're talking about a message and call in. Yeah. We're talking about personal ads. Yeah. Right, so, you yeah. know, you would set up your profile. You would record a message about yourself and people might leave you messages or what. And, 
And the real money to be made was in when in doing a live connection with somebody. Right. So you you schedule a time with them to be on the phone, so you have that anonymity to talk. And the thing is, that was still going strong within a certain percentage of the community because you know not everybody's tapped in and dialed in. So things like telephone based internet for or telephone based dating sites, print medium, you know, those still work for you know a certain percentage of the population. Right. I'm I, like I haven't even looked at a penny saver in a long time. Do they have a personal section? I really got to look at that. I gosh, I don't even know. I'd be willing I, to bet know, they for, would. You know, for most people. For most people looking to hook up, I think Craigslist is is definitely um, you know, <laughs> it it's well known. I think among those circles. Yeah. Yes, I've, so I've been told. Kuban brought up something interesting in the hashtag NetHeads uh, Twitter uh, stream of consciousness, as I like to think of it. So one thing I hope resurges, and it might have happened already with podcasting, is dramatic serials. Now there is something. So like radio-based plays and stuff. That could be right, interesting. Yeah. I mean, where I mean, is it all heading? I haven't, I haven't even seen that on in any podcasting. Have you? No. So does that make Will a kind of internet madam? No. I was just a <laughs> network administrator. I had nothing to do with the business. But man, let me tell you, I heard some things that would turn you red in a heartbeat. Oh, I can imagine. Oh, I'll never forget one time I had to, cause the business was always fluctuating. And so I, first I was a network admin, then I was the director of operations. And I was trying to streamline the training process because they would hire people because they had 24 seven customer service. Because, okay. you know, they have to listen to the ads to make sure that people aren't sneaking their phone number in by saying, you know, you know, I'm, I, I'm, you know, you know, they would the disguise. youngest of eight. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. The youngest of eight. I was born in 92. You know, all these things slipping numbers right. in. I weigh 185, blah, blah, blah. Right. So you have to listen to these things or to make sure that they're not soliciting all these things. And, and so I'm, I'm trying to streamline the training process. So that way, instead of taking two weeks of paying people that some don't make the cut, let's get it down to one week. And in doing so, I'm manning the training. And I, I go to show them, you know, and, and this is how we screen the ads. And I had just got done talking about all the things that you can't say, the things that we have to look out for. And the right. one guy specifically came on saying such and such, such and such, but, you know, you're going to have to pay if you want this booty. Literally. <laughs> At which point I'm like, now, can anyone tell me what's wrong with this ad? <laughs> There's nothing like working in a business where you have to have people sign a disclosure agreement ahead of time saying that they understand they're going to be listening to adult content and they can't sue for it. That's I, you fun. know, I I had a, a friend who worked for a translation service like for, you know, uh, I think it was AT&T. Yeah. So people that would, you know, when they're they can't speak, they're mute, but they want to communicate with other people and they would just have some raunchy conversations that they would have to translate. Oh, nice. One of those so, voice yeah, services. So, exactly. So, so you know, they call up the center and my friend's there with, you know, a computer screen and they're typing in and then he makes the connection and then talks what the person is typing. <laughs> and he said that there's there's just shit that would just make your skin crawl that he had to say to other men. Oh, God. <laughs> I want you to rub peanut butter behind my knees. <laughs> then let the dog in. Exactly. <laughs> oh man, where'd this conversation go? So as promised, uh, since we like to pretend that we're a tech-based show, one of the questions yes. that did come up prior to the show is, where do we stand on jailbreaking? 
Mm-hmm. Now, for those of you not in the know, let's say you have a smartphone, whether it's Android-based or iPhone-based, and for whatever reason, you want the ability to customize it beyond that which it shipped with. Now, in the case of a lot of iPhone users, uh, there is unlocking and jailbreaking. Right. Unlocking allows you the freedom of the operating system, I think, and jailbreaking allows you to use it on any car- carrier. Flip that around, that's probably more accurate. So once you have an unlocked iPhone, you can put another manufa- another carrier SIM card in there and use it right. on their service. Jailbreaking it, it precedes unlocking in most cases. Now, with Android phones, where you're more the expert than I am, Trent, yes. a lot of people like to throw on their own custom ROMs or something like that, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Now, how does that work? And they call that rooting. Right. So they, it, with an iPhone, you're unlocking and jailbreaking with your... Android based phone, you're rooting it. Now, why, why would you do that in the Android world? Allow okay. me, allow me to understand. So if you root it, um, you can then use applications that aren't necessarily approved. Um, you can also tether for free. So that's one of the main major motivators also for iPhone users. Right. Because you can uh, run whatever applications you want rather than just the ones that are allowed from within the, um, Apple iTunes store. Right. So you got that going for you. But the, you know, and then you always look at the obvious downsides are, well, supposedly, if it's been rooted, you void your warranty on the phone. Right. But if you can also flash back to factory, it doesn't really matter. No, because there's no way of tracking it. Right. Now, there, with the iPhone, things got a lot more complex for a little while because naturally every time that somebody finds a way to jailbreak the iPhone, Apple finds a way to plug the hole. And uh, for a while there, the only way you could do it was actually by applying the um, – I got to remember my terminology here because they have they have different layers to the you know the whole setup. You know, you've got your baseband, which right. which is what powers the device, kind of like um, the well. Okay, I'm not going to get too technical, but let's just say there's the baseband. <laughs> there's the baseband, and then the operating system version. Okay. Okay. And for a while, the only way you can unlock an iPhone was by applying an old iPad baseband. But once you do that, there's no going back. Uh, and especially on that one, because the version number for the iPad was higher than the iPhone, which is the reason why it worked. Uh, okay. But once you've done that, you can't go back to an iPhone baseband. So for a little while there, that's the only way you could do that. Now, oh. <clears throat> but with iPhones, like for me, I, I'm an original adopter. I still have the unlimited data plan on my iPhone. If right. I wanted to use it as a, as a internet modem for my other devices, I would need, in other words, tethering. I would need to, uh, pay for the higher capacity, um, limited plan for data. And I would have to pay for the ability to do that. So right. one motivator that in doing that is I could save money and still have my unlimited data and use this as a mobile uh, broadband device. Right, yeah, which would make your MiFi device obsolete. Yeah, exactly. But I'm not going to do that because, for example, uh, I forgot my MiFi device the other day at home, and while I was on the train trying to just use my iPhone, constantly hitting points where I'm not getting decent service or none at all. Right. Because I don't have a Verizon phone. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care what anyone says. I know there's the limitation about data, but one thing Verizon does have is coverage. Yes, absolutely. They know where the money is and they know where it counts and that's what they've done. And, and that MiFi device, I mean, I, I rely on it heavily right now. Very heavily. 
Oh, but, I, I, I'm always at times in my life where I'm just like, oh, I would kill to have one of those right now. Especially if you're ever a passenger in a car, man. Yeah. So anyway, I my stance on it, I I don't know about your stance. I I, I don't like being limited. I understand limiting to protect me, um, but I also don't I don't like feeling nickel and dimed. Like right. when I had an unlimited data, uh, I shouldn't have to get out of my unlimited data in order to tether. If the capability is there, why do I have to pay extra for the service when all you're talking about? Now this is my rationale. I'm not saying like business is insane for doing this. Right. You're talking about me paying more for doing essentially the same thing. On my iPhone, I'm surfing the web, I'm checking email, I'm doing all these things, right? Yeah. That's all I'm going to be doing with my other devices as well. Sure. Why do I have to pay extra? You know, so in theory, I'm going to be using more of your bandwidth. Well, first of all, sure. AT&T, you got crappy bandwidth. I'm not using more of your bandwidth. <laughs> <clears throat> But in a theoretical world where I was doing that, okay, in a theoretical world, why am I paying more for doing the exact same stuff? I wouldn't want right. to. It makes no sense. Uh, you know, and, and there are some things too in the benefit of jailbreaking, and that's being able to allow, being able to run some of the other applications. There are unlicensed applications for jailbroken devices that are far superior to anything you can find in the iTunes store. Yes. They give you better functionality. They give you better tools to work with. For whatever reason, why they're not going down a legitimate venue, I don't know. I don't know why. There are obviously some functions in there. But, like, one of the key things that the iPhone and the iPad doesn't have is a decent to-do list. Why should I have to pay money for a decent to-do list? That's one of the things they're bringing into iOS 5, thank goodness. Okay. And it's really cool too. They're even doing like GPS. So like, let's say when I get home, I need to remember to send a fax for my daughter's school. Okay. I can set up a to do that's GPS based as well. So the minute I walk in the door, boop, there's a reminder. You get an, okay, an alert. Okay. Which is kind of cool. Now, here's a question for, for iOS using users. You, um, could I, could I upload or could I use an app, say like that I just had the uh, uh, the program for on my computer? Could I plug in my iPhone? It hasn't gone through the through the iTunes store, but could I still use that if I had access to it? No. Re- okay, because with with uh, Android, without it being rooted, I could still upload um, a, a user based, user generated app. Nope. Huh, that's interesting. Nope, you need to have a jailbroken one. You have to go through the iTunes store in order to have apps that run on your phone. Which is, you know, genius marketing. Yeah. Shitty for good for your uh, customers. Yeah, exactly. Completely. But you know, that's the that's the way the world's working now, man. Don't even get me started on my movie, on my uh on my cable telecom conspiracy. Because, you know, you got data, you got, well, here, I'm saying don't get me started on it, I'm about to. <laughs> you know, you have your data throttling starting to go on. They're going to make sure they, they're applying a cap. You're not supposed to go over the cap. If you do that, you're going to pay premium for your internet. Right. Because they're trying to reduce file sharing. That's what it really comes down to. A heavy file share user is going to generate a lot more traffic on their internet connection than a standard person. Plain right. and simple. But take it a level further. And you're talking about paranoia of the cable companies because what they're not going to want you to do is get your content from Netflix or Hulu. They want you to get your content from watching their channels live because those channels leasing space on the cable system keeps the cable system alive. 
the the TV companies also want you watching live because that means you're watching commercials, which is how they make their revenue and how they keep shows on the air. So by throwing in a cap limit, I'm not watching more things on Netflix because the more I stream, the more I'm eating from my data. The more yes, I watch on Hulu, the more I'm eating from my data. Which is why I think you're going to see a lot costs go a lot higher from from your Comcast and your Verizon television um, providers, as you would say from just you know a, a, a data specific provider. Yeah. Well, you know the thing is though they need to get uh, and I've said it a hundred times, but I'm going to say it a hundred more too. They need to get smarter about advertising. You can keep advertising going, but you need to integrate it into the program. Absolutely. I mean, Sci-Fi Eureka did a really uh, well. A lot of the shows did some interesting ways of integration. Let me just say like that. Like uh, Warehouse 13, I think, last season. Seems like everywhere there went, somebody had red vines. Okay. Okay. Paid advertisement, it was in there. Eureka had an interesting thing with, like, degree deodorant. And, like, they were doing testing. I don't know. Whatever. The good guys uh, had KFC in there. As did our good friends at the community. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They had KFC as well. This is something that that has been going on in comic books for quite a while as well. In fact, I read um I can't remember what book it was. Uh Spider-Man it was just the other day. Uh and there one of the walls had a big Harley Davidson um poster on it in the in the comic. Uh-huh. So I, I mean, mean it, you've got to be smarter about advertising and integrate it into the show. Because sure. like it or not, the DVR is here. So stop worrying about how you're going to get around the DVR and start busting the DVR. You need advertising that is going to be a DVR buster because it's just going to be in the program somehow. <laughs> Kuban wants to know how much bandwidth does NetHeads take up? I really don't know. Probably <laughs> more than it has the right to. Plain and simple. <laughs> there is nothing that can justify the bandwidth use of crap like this, my friends. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Awesome. Oh, but here's an interesting thing. Our good friend Americo says that in-series ads ruined heroes for me. Oh, okay. Well, because, you know, they had that, uh, the, the Toyota, what was the name of that little car? Prius? No. Echo. It may have been the Echo. And, well, actually, even Eureka did that. They had did that with the Subaru. One of them hopped up Subaru speeder cars. Okay. You know, like one a of the WRX. Main, yeah, one of the main characters got one of those. So, it, but, you know, when it's... Just a subtle moment like that, it's fine. Or have it as something in the background. The Warehouse 13 one was great because they're just like they're talking. Ooh, Red Vines. I love Red Vines. And they moved on. (laughs) Right. But you know what? After I watched that, what did I want? You want some Red Vines. I wanted some Red Vines. So it can work, but it's got to be subtle. Well, yeah. And I think a a perfect example of of being subtle in your advertising um, was Honda. And they did it in uh, Thor. Oh, really? That's the, they launched a whole shield site. Um, and you could, you know, pick your, as a shield agent, you would have different this and this, and there were different issued vehicles within that site. And they were all specific Hondas. And then if you notice when shield shows up, they're all driving the same Honda cars. Right. But you had to go to the site to do that. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they've obviously sponsored to put their car in the, the, the movie. Uh huh. And, oh, also in Captain America, when Cap runs out into the street and Nick Fury shows up, they're all in those same Hondas as well. Well, you got to get your money from somewhere. Absolutely. Got to subsidize the cost of them films. Now, Trent, earlier in the week, you did something. And you posted Uh, something on the uh, NetHeads Facebook page. 
you remember? Oh God, Will, I don't know. It, it <laughs> is it something? Is it, is it something like what Congressman Weiner did? No, it's not. And by okay. the way, folks, that right there is an excellent case of in-show integration of advertising. Because in the past 30 seconds, I just mentioned Trent did something on the NetHeads Facebook page. And now if you didn't know there was one, you know there's one. And you might have acted on that. And it's really easy to find. All you have to do is go to Facebook.com slash NetHeads on air. Yeah, and see, that's a little ham-fisted. But that's okay. We'll move on. <laughs> now, you posted something. Now, I... There are certain things that I enjoy. Actually, you posted two things. One of them I, I thought was great, and one of them I wanted to smack you in the head for posting. Okay. okay. <laughs> the first one that I love, I have never watched any of the YouTube videos by Felonious Monk, but I was exposed oh. to one this week where he basically said everything I feel almost about <laughs> the current state of the United States budget and our credit score, everything. It was just yes. great. It was one of his Stop It Be videos. You can find it yeah. at ColoniusMonk.com, but he just he put it all so damn near poetically. It was just yeah, wonderful. Yeah. It's I mean, genius. It, it was like listening to myself talk, but in a more street fashion, let's say. Well, that's just it. When I watched that, I was like, that it, he has articulated all the frustrations that Will was was just oozing on the last episode. That Will was oozing, but completely stumbling over and not able to actually <laughs> communicate. <laughs> oh, sorry, to roll it back a little bit, just really quick, I don't care. You want to jailbreak or unlock your device, that's fine. If you break it, though, you're screwed, and that's that. Right. You know, but it, uh, to my to my uh, lifestyle, I haven't had the need to do it unless I'm reselling a phone because they sell a lot better when they're jailbroken and unlocked. Plain and simple. <laughs> right. Okay, if so. Yes, yeah, so like on, on eBay or Craigslist or anything like that. You got it. Yeah. So. Dialing it back now. So you posted that. And then you posted one of the Francis videos. <laughs> and obviously, you can already tell I loved the felonious monk one. Yes. So <laughs> I have a point of contention with this Francis video. Okay. Talk to me. Talk to me. Only because I know that Francis is a character that this guy is doing. Okay, and that's and that's my question. It, it's not a real thing then. He just does it. That's as... your question. Dude, do you do you do any research? It took me two seconds to look at the rest of this guy's videos and discovered this is just character he's doing. <laughs> did you really not even you didn't even put forth that effort, you did you? You're no, just like I, didn't. You just, I just want to take this for you know, it was the same thing with Andy Milanakis. I always ruin things for people right. and I don't know why. I had a friend who was showing me one of Andy Milanakis' rap videos, and it's a great gimmick when you think that it's like a thirteen year old kid that's doing this. Right. Then I made the mistake of telling him, actually, no, he's He's in his 20s or 30s right now, something like right. that at the time. They're like, really? Boom. Instantly ruined. The illusion's <laughs> gone. Thanks, Will. I appreciated that wet blanket thrown all over me. I'm, I'm guessing you told your daughter there's no Santa Claus a long time ago as well, didn't you? Well, thank you for making sure I never play this podcast for her. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, so, you know, in that respect, I mean... I appreciated one of his past World of Warcraft rants uh-huh. because, you know, I found it funny in the same way as Kevin Smith's uh, uh, impersonation of an Internet uh, critic, okay. for example. Uh, you know, it, it, I appreciate it for the parody that it is, the, the over-characterization, and I enjoyed it. This one just felt forced, and, and I almost resented the fact that it was in any way associated with us whatsoever. <laughs> I about died laughing, especially when he smashed his head into the keyboard. Yeah, I know. He does that kind of stuff. And I'm like, you know, it's 
hitting himself with a hammer, a war hammer. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the guy is committed. I'll give him that. Yeah. But, you know, just not my scene. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so now what led you to, obviously, I guess it was just the humor aspect. That's what led yes, you to post it. Sheer, sheer humor and that I've ha- actually heard, had friends mention those exact same problems with Blizzard. Oh, really? So, yes. so this guy actually, he's, that's the thing too. In his real life, he, he does have those posters on his wall. So clearly he is a user. So he's acting out, you know, the, the frustrations of the community to an extreme then. Sure. Yes, okay. exactly. All right, I can live with that. Yeah. Okay. In that respect, then I can I can appreciate it for the entertainment it is. <laughs> I mean, the other part I don't like is the guy. He's clearly a guy of size, and he's using his the situation with his chins to his advantage because he's really <laughs> he's sucking him in, trying to maximize that neck collar that he's got going on. If still, folks, if you don't know what we're talking about, just go over to our Facebook pages right there. You'll see it. Yeah. Yep. Now, uh, how long ago, by the way, did you discover that you could play Angry Birds with inside of Google Chrome? Um, a, a while ago, because it was a big deal when they launched it. But I've recently jumped on and started getting a lot of other games within Chrome. Oh, so there are a lot more games in Chrome. Yeah, now. yeah. There's there's a ton. I mean, and Chrome's running. They have a whole web store of apps. Everything from, you know, Marvel Comics that I subscribe to, um, to all the, the Google stuff, whether it be Google Reader, Google Voice, Gmail, Docs, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the games are just so awesome. They have a, there's a Mario crossover game that I've just been so addicted to because you can play as, you know, the traditional Mario with a ton of different iconic NES characters. Oh, really? So you can play the Mario game with the Contra guys and they're playing the Contra music and you're, you know, you're shooting the turtles with your gun. And it is a, a video game blast. mashup. Yes. <laughs> wow. It is. It is so much fun. Um, and I, yeah, I've just been totally addicted to it. Can't stop playing it. And then, you know, there's, there's the other stuff, you know, like there's Pac-Man and it, it's open up for anyone to really get on there. The problem is they're all flash based games. Oh, which leads you to the dilemma you're still trying to work through. Because and, and, Trent yes. wants himself he wants himself a tablet. Bad. You're jonesing for it. Oh, it's, it, it hurts my teeth so bad you're, I want it. You're feeling the burn. Have you decided on what your tablet is? Your tablet of choice. What's your chosen pain, my friend? So I I here's here's what I think, and I've done quite a bit of research. Uh iPad, obviously. Not not really going to work for me just without doing, you know, a little bit of uh, work to get Flash. Right. So and now that's the one thing we have to outline in advance. One of the main motivators of you getting a tablet yes. is that you want to be able to go and utilize the Marvel subscription that you have yes. on the web that is Flash-based to read comics. Exactly. Because yes. unlike the Marvel app that I have for the iPad where there's like a six-month to a year delay – to get right. a digital comics with your Marvel subscription, most of them are, are available when? Like within a month? No, it's it's about the same time, six months to a year. But oh. it's un, it's unlimited, though. In other words, like I have to buy per comic. Issue. Exactly. But with that, you, you have a subscription and you can read them whenever. Yeah, so five bucks, five bucks a month and I can read as many as I can possibly pack into my brain. So that's the motivator for you. You want to yes. be able to read your comics. 
utilizing that service. So you need Flash. Yeah. So, and we all know Adobe and Apple don't play nice together. No. So Flash is out of the question. Yes. Or the so iPad's which, out of the question. Right. Which, which, and so that puts me basically into as far, you know, the latest releases being the, the Galaxy Tab and then HP's touchpad. Okay. And while I, I think WebOS has a lot of potential, um, I don't think, well, the infrastructure as, as far as apps go, it's just not there right yet. All right. Now let me, let me, let me clue you in a little bit on the right way to talk tech, sir. <laughs> You've talked about two devices, but to the novice yes. that list, that is listening. Okay. They are not going to know, for example, that the Galaxy Tab is running the Honeycomb version of Android OS. Correct. Okay. And they're not going to know that the HP tablet is running the Web OS. Correct. So you have to preface it by saying, uh, although I like the HP tablet, it's running Web OS, and I don't think the infrastructure is quite there yet. Now, I would also say that based on what I have saw, the user interface is not as intuitive. It's clunky. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I would say on that. Please continue. What, some the things that I have found that I really like though about the touchpad is the email integration. If you're a professional and you're doing a lot of email from your tab tablet, then this is this would probably be the one to use actually. Okay. But Honeycomb, it's all Gmail based stuff. Really, you know, you're not going to get a whole, much more than that, other than some, you know, some you know POP email services that way. Um, but yeah, the one, another thing I really liked about the Galaxy Tab is that it's a little bit narrower than your iPad. Yeah, well, the iPad uses a 4-3 aspect ratio, whereas the Galaxy Tab uses a 16-1. Yes. Oh boy, I whipped out some nerd right there. <laughs> oh yeah, son. Just let the, it out. The cool thing about it being just a little bit narrower is you can actually use your thumbs when it's, um, in portraits to do your typing. Now, that's one of the things that is happening, by the way, on the iOS 5 when it comes out. They have, oh, a, okay. it's going to have a split keyboard where it's, you know, half the keyboard on one side, half the keyboard on the other. So uh, in your corners there. Okay. So okay. they are going to be oriented for your thumbs. Is that, okay. so that's the same thing the Galaxy Tab does. Well, it doesn't split it up. It's just the, the, you know, the hardware itself, it's just narrower. It's, skinnier so to speak so you can have your hands on both sides and and be able to use your thumbs well i found that i could do that with the ipad as well that's but will you have just massive banana hands yeah i know by the way it's i can't tell you how many times i've typed my wife that i live her versus love her (laughs) yet interestingly enough if i say i'm gonna go live i type love maybe my thumbs are just confused about which is which i don't know you needed to have a sit-down talk with them. I got to have something, man. I don't know. They're confused. <laughs> they are sad, sad, confused little things. <laughs> Either that or I really do just live my wife. I don't know. <laughs> I think you live her as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so so basically, summing it up then, you're still you're leaning towards the Galaxy Tab. Now, what am I looking at if I want to get a Galaxy Tab? By the right. way, this is not an integrated advertisement. This isn't. This is just me curious now. But it would have been but, a hell of one, let me tell you. Had we mentioned Carl's Jr., though, it might have been an advertisement. Yeah. Um, so with the Galaxy Tab, what is it going to take me to get into that device? Good question. That's And that's another thing right now. Uh, if, you're, if you do want to get into the touchpad, they're doing $100 off right now. But $100 off of what? Come on, sell me, son. What's wrong with you? 
this hundred dollars off of three ninety nine. So it's three ninety nine to get this Galaxy Tab. Now, is it Wi Fi enabled already, or yes. are there two different versions? How does yeah, it work? There, there, yeah, exactly. There are two different versions. You can get the the Wi Fi enabled, or you can get the Wi Fi slash four um, G. Right, the 4G. Now, the 4G is a big thing, my friend. Yeah, and it's fast, man. It's it's The 4G is probably faster than what we're talking on from my house right now. Now, that's another point of contention that I have. You will actually notice, if you go back to the NetHeads Facebook page, there is a video I deleted that you posted. Oh, really? Normally, I wouldn't do this type of editing, but last night, maybe it's not the right time to evaluate things after midnight, but they were showing <laughs> it was a comparison video, and I got through half of the video, and this thing's like six to ten minutes long. And the comparison, comparing, comparison, <laughs> who am I to comment? I can't even talk. <laughs> They're comparing the Galaxy Tab versus the iPad 2 on 3G. Now, the Galaxy Tab, as you said, 4G. Right. The iPad 2, 3G at right. its best right now. And they start off with a benchmark showing how the two different services, one is vastly superior speed-wise, which is right. the, the Galaxy Tab because it's on the 4G. They then proceed to spend the next eight to ten minutes of this damn demo, it felt like 45, <laughs> opening up different pages and showing how the Galaxy Tab loads them faster because the connection speed is faster. Duh. <laughs> this is like telling me a Ferrari is faster than a Prius and then showing me race after race of the Ferrari beating the Prius. Okay. What you should have done at that point, dickhead, is disconnected from the 4G, just gone Wi-Fi, and shown me the real capabilities of the device. That's right. it. I mean, it would really, dude, that was one. I was insulted by the existence of that video, and I still am. I, I can tell. I mean, really. <laughs> Come on. You covered this in step one, and the next eight steps are the same damn thing. I'm glad you got that kind of time, bud, but let me tell you, your review skills suck dick. <laughs> I'm passionate about stupidity. That was a little harsh. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. No, it's true. I they'll 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 go balls deep into somebody's mouth. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, at least you surpassed me in the obscenity category. Thank you very much. And this is why we're only number seventy-seven in the category now, my friend. <laughs> Woo, doggies! And that, folks, is your moment of zen. And that is us wrapping up this show. My name is Will. My name is Trent. Don't forget to check us out on the internet. You can check out Trent. You can follow him. He's at a part of him. I'm at NetheadW. The show is at Netheads on Air. Also, there's the A Part of Him blog at a part of him.blogspot.com. And if you want, what the heck, why not? You can also go to willwilkins.com. Let's just throw it out there. Nothing's happened there in a long time, but we'll throw it out there anyway. <laughs> Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. And if you're listening to this after the six o'clock hour, stick around for uh, Soundbite Nation or find them on iTunes if you're listening after the fact. Great. Well, then you've been listening to another edition of NetHeads here on the Smodcast Internet Radio at Smodcast.com. NetHeads. Net File transfer. NetHeads with Will Wilkins. This has been a production of Smodcast Internet Radio.